Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Sports fans, I'm Aaron Warner. With me is my co-host Stefan Heck. Stefan, what's up? Hey, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm good. We were saying before we started recording that this might be a slightly, ever so slightly more positive episode. Uh, yeah, because, because the Canucks have won two games in a row. They're on a hot streak. They're heating up. Uh, yeah. So I guess like reviewing the week since we last recorded, a lot has happened. It really they, has. Yeah, they lost to Carolina. In what on the score sheet was, I guess, a close 3-2 game, but I thought they got pretty horribly outplayed in it. Yeah, I would see. I mean, you, you, you saw a few posts online about how, like, unironically saying it was like a moral victory because they played better. And they still got outshot, like, what, 39-16 to 16 or something? Yeah, um, and, like, Carolina plays a really strange style of hockey. Yeah. Where it definitely inflates that, like, outshooting teams. But... They sh- they just shoot a lot. Like they'll yeah. shoot from anywhere. Um, but they they controlled the play like the entire Definitely. game. It, it was not close at all. And it was it was very fun seeing how well they were at exiting their own zone and how bad the Canucks were. Oh my at god! It. Uh, then they went to Seattle. Won a they blew three one goal leads, but were still able to win five four. Yeah, I would say that was a game where they didn't play particularly well. They played hard. Like they, what, they yeah. were th- three fights. Uh, they were hitting. They came the out. Fights were cool. They came out hitting. Um, but I would say they didn't. They didn't get like badly outplayed. They didn't play great. No, um, but I didn't they, think they, they got a win. Particularly well either. Their first I'll win of the it. year. Whatever. We'll take a. It's very funny that Seattle still hasn't beaten Vancouver. Um, yeah. Like well, you would have like, thought. You would have thought that would have been the game that they would have won. But no. Unfortunately for them, Seattle. Yeah. Doesn't look too good. I think if Seattle didn't have Martin Jones, like that's just, well, dis- the same thing as disappointing last year, right? his pregnant wife while he yeah. was in net. They would have, uh, yeah. They just don't have. They don't result, have the because they don't have the last year. They had no goaltending either. It just yeah. fell apart. And uh, all of the models that said they were going to be good, those were sort of predicated on them getting like league average goaltending. And they had like, I don't know. I guess New Jersey was probably worse, but Seattle had like close to the worst goaltending in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. And th- this year hasn't been that much. Like Martin Jones, probably shouldn't be in the NHL anymore. No, uh, he's been really quite bad for a long time. Um, and Grubauer is injured, I believe. He's out. Yes. So even if he was going to play better this year, he's already hurt. Um, very weird team they have going on down there. But uh, some good young players. But the Canucks beat them. And then yep. I was at this game on on Friday, the game against Pittsburgh. Yes. Now that felt like a game that the Canucks were going to lose for sure. Oh, uh, absolutely. Was, I thought for sure going into it. Yeah. Second day of a back-to-back. Pittsburgh yeah. had been resting. Yeah. And Pittsburgh had been playing badly. So you, you kind of get in your head. You're like, well, they're going to, they're going to come out hard and they're going to, they're going to play really well this game, you know, but uh, they looked really bad. And Vancouver, yeah. Vancouver played well. Vancouver looked good, especially in the third period. They looked, it, I thought Vancouver was good, but Pittsburgh looked awful. 
that the Canucks versus Pittsburgh was more what I expected the Canucks to look like this season yeah. going into it. Yeah. Uh, I thought JT Miller looked a lot better. He was great. And really since he's been moved to the wing, I think he's been yeah. far improved, which for the longevity of the team isn't like good, but I guess for like Miller's value and getting the most out of him, it's probably yes. good. Yeah. Um, We'll probably get into that more later. Yeah, because uh, there were a few trades as well. But we'll, we'll yeah, get to that Mc- in a Mikheyev, bit. I think, has improved a lot over the last week. He's really fun to watch. He's he's a better playmaker than I expected. Yeah, so his far playmaking's like really surprised me. And he's so fast, like he is insanely fast. Uh, so that he came as advertised in that department. Uh, and then Kuzmenko obviously was great. Man, I, when I was watching that game and he scored, like I don't know, I. Ca- <sighs> It's weird, right? Because I'm a Canucks fan, but I've been kind of cheering against them since this, really since the Washington game, because I yeah. want enough bad things to happen that they're forced to not just stay the course, right? Yeah. But when Kuzmenko scored that go-ahead goal, and he has a little, as they say, selly <laughs> after he scored. I think you're allowed to I, say selly in this case. That's fine. Okay, yeah. Uh, I started feeling something in my heart. Like it started growing like the Grinch's heart. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go. I was legitimately so pumped, especially at the game. Like we were, we were behind the net in, we were like, uh, in the upper bowl, like third row right behind the net. Um, so, which is a a great, I mean, honestly, in terms of seating at, at hockey games, like upper bowl, like first couple rows, either, uh, behind the net or like right in the middle of the of the ice is like perfect. You get to Apparently, see every play develop. Like it's it's fantastic. I've heard at the Saddle Dome the most expensive tickets are center ice, second bowl. I I could believe it. It's like it really is. I think the best view uh, in terms of like just seeing everything happening, but not being like so far up in the nosebleeds that it's like yeah, le- legitimately hard to tell. Like you still get a great view of everything, but uh, yeah, seeing the Kuzmenko goal and celebration, like he was so excited and like got the crowd so pumped up too. Um, and yeah, I mean they they looked good. They uh, yeah, like I said, I mean Pittsburgh looked really shitty. Uh, yeah. But Vancouver, that was their best game of the year by far. Um, and it is, you know, obviously we've been shitting on the team a lot because how could you not? Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, what what will hurt them at the end of the year um, is that it's not as though they were like beaten like 7 nothing in all of those losses. The Buffalo yeah. loss was the only like really, really bad one. But it's like they could have they could have won all of those games. And we could be yes. talking about a team right now that's like seven and two, you know, um, and instead they're two and seven. Uh, but weirdly, only three points out of the playoffs. Like it's it's very it's it's early in the it's early in the year still. Uh, this could be them going on their big streak. Although New Jersey looks really good right now. Yeah, uh, that and like New Jersey gave them fits last season. Yes, with how well they moved the puck. Yeah, so. And they're we'll better see. and faster now this year. So, and I the, think they're getting goaltending finally. Um, so I don't know. I, I could see the, the two game winning streak uh, coming to a screeching halt on do they, Tuesday. Do they, do they but, play Anaheim after that or Nashville? Uh, let me see here. Uh, we got yeah Canucks at Devils on Tuesday, November first. Yeah. Uh, Saturday against the Preds. Yeah, the Ducks on Thursday. So those are all. I mean, the Devils game is maybe not winnable the way both the teams are playing right now, but they should beat the Ducks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how the Preds have been doing, but I think that's a winnable game for the Canucks as well. I, yeah. I would, I would say. Um, and then it's an Eastern Coast or Eastern Coast, yeah, East Coast swing against the Senators, Canadians, 
and Maple Leafs, which should be interesting. That'll be interesting. I think, Ooh. I mean, the Senators, that's not an easy win anymore. Montreal, they should beat. And then Toronto, who the fuck knows? Because Toronto Toronto has the, the when the Canucks were good, Toronto has the thing of playing down to their opponents. Yeah. Um, so maybe they'll play down to the Canucks. And the, and Canucks the Maple Leafs haven't been too hot lately. And No. I don't know. I, I I would love to see the Canucks beat the Maple Leafs again on Hockey Night in Canada. That's, it's, that's always yeah, my favorite. It, it's thing. kind of like that, and like the Oilers and Flames are really the only ones where I'm like, and I guess Boston, where I'm like, even in like a tank year, please still win this game. You know. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Speaking of Boston, uh, after that against the Canadian teams, their schedule doesn't look too fucking fun for the rest of November. It's they it's really bad. Yeah. Bruins, Sabres again, Kings, Golden Knights, Avs, Golden Knights again, Sharks, yeah. Capitals, Panthers, Coyotes into December. So they uh I could see they want to be like, in that playoff spot by the end of November, Thanksgiving like they say it's gonna be yeah gonna be tough. I think it helps them that a lot of other teams have been playing like shit too. Um so mm-hmm. no one is really like you know, taken off and run with it. Uh, so they're still within striking distance of a playoff spot, uh, which I, is such an insane thing to say this early in the season. But so I, I think <laughs> what Durant was saying when they were like oh five and two is that they would have to win eleven of their next thirteen games to be at a ninety five point pace by American Thanksgiving. Yes. So they've won two of those. So now they'd have to win nine of those next 11 games. So I think that still probably seems unlikely. It's doable, especially if Demko heats up. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's looking, I mean, he looked okay against Seattle. Spencer Martin looked really good against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Wouldn't it be so Canucks if they get a goaltending controversy somehow with Spencer Martin? I mean, that's the thing. It wouldn't be, I mean, I I don't think it's going to necessarily happen, but that's why that's why I'm still on. If if you're going to be trading one of like the big three players between Demko, Patterson, and Hughes, I think it's Demko, ten times out of ten, because goaltending is just it's 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 total voodoo. Like it it's a Mm -hmm. cliche to say, obviously, but like it really is. Like no one knows who's going to be a good goalie outside of like two or three goalies every year. Um. And if you can get a uh, Spencer Martin type goalie who's very cheap and gets you like league average goaltending, maybe that's all you need, right? Um, yeah, but the, well, if you're good enough, right? Like the yeah. the Avalanche just won a cup with uh, Darcy Kemper in net. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, but then obviously the flip side of that is that you know goalie trade values are never that high. So even for someone like Demko. Um, you know, you're not going to be getting like three blue chip prospects necessarily unless a team is like super desperate. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, well, like I, I've said this before, out of those three players, he's easily the one that I would trade first because I think goaltending is the most replaceable thing, in this, especially with Ian Clark, right? Like, yeah, he's he's a genius goalie coach who just works his magic on everyone. So maybe well, speaking it's of worth trades. trading. Oh yeah, we had a couple. Let's uh, we had a couple this week. Nothing too crazy. Uh, the first one was the Canucks traded. Can you remember what it is? Jonathan Eidenberg. I, I I kind of forgot earlier in the week when I was yeah. like, oh yeah, there's that tr-, like earlier in the week, like was, two days ago, right after the Ethan Bear trade. So yeah, my, Myrenberg, who, who's there? I mean, you can kind of go back and forth on this. People were saying, oh, he's their top uh, right hand D prospect, and whether that's true or not, they have a couple other ones, but. I, and I, I think it may have been 
Drance as well who said this. Someone said this on Twitter. Like that kind of speaks more to the level of their prospect pool than how yeah. good he is as a prospect, right? It's not like, like the the Gustav Forsling trade. People were comparing it to that, but like he was doing much better at the time that they traded him. Yeah, uh, he came off like a historic World Juniors, and yeah, yeah Myrenberg like. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know a lot about what his game looks like. I just know what I've heard. And yeah, he seems all right. And that he might make the NHL as a bottom pairing defender. Eventually, maybe we'll see. It's it's total. I mean, I, I think I've, I've said this before, but I, I really would not be against the Canucks. And like basically every year or at least a couple drafts in a row um, going for best player available in the first round and then rounds two to seven only picking right-hand defenseman for like two years straight <laughs> and just, you know, you just need one or two of those some. guys to hit. Exactly. Right. And it's, it's the hardest position to fill in hockey. So just, just stock up on them and see what happens. Right. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, I'm, I'm sure no team would actually do this. I, I could look at draft history. Maybe some teams have been doing stuff like this, but that again speaks to why you just want to have as many draft picks as possible, which I think you, know, you should only draft wingers. I mean, just do, just do have a strategy and and follow through with it. I mean, maybe uh, not that. Maybe not the Mike Gillis uh, draft twenty year old strategy, but uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> um. So there's yeah, it was Jonathan Meyerberg and then Mikey DiPietro, goalie prospect, who's who, like negative value at this point. I mean, they they drove his value into the ground, and I think yeah, what's really, really funny about that one up, huh? They they fucked him over too because he's he's getting no playing time, and. The Bruins, I think, on on their Providence AHL team don't have any playing time available for him either. So he's still, I believe he's, he's staying still, with the Canucks. He's yeah. on loan to the Canucks still, despite and, having and, his rights traded. And he's still like the third stringer right now. So he's, yeah. the problem has not been solved for him. No. Um, which is unfortunate because he seems like a really nice guy. But Yeah, he seems great. Getting, I mean, I went to the the one NHL game he played against San Jose a few years back, mm-hmm. where they they called him up on an emergency basis, and he just got absolutely shelled. Um, and it 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 looked like I it remember was like watching a, that one on TV. It was so rough, man. It was one of the you felt so bad for him because it's it, clear he wasn't ready, and he's also like small ish for an NHL goalie too. So he just okay. it just it looked like he was like a kid in that basically. And this was when the Sharks were still good, and they were just like running rampant over him like it was it was brutal to watch so i i feel bad for the guy um but you know i think the guy that they got yeah jason strudwick <laughs> yeah that's that's what i thought at first uh what is it jack studnika i think i don't know if that's yeah, studnika is the last name and I, I think it starts with a j as well i think it's jack um he uh i don't know he's I think two years ago, Bruins fans really, he had a really good AHL season. I think he had, yeah. I think he had like seven shorthanded goals in one AHL season or something insane I, like that. And he was at like something like, I think it was a 0.8 per game pace. And Bruins yeah. fans kind of thought he was the heir apparent to uh, David Krejci. Yeah. When people I, were stoked like, on From him. what I've read. And then like, he just sort I'm of. I'm going to pretend again that I knew who the fuck he was until like the next traded for him. I, I had heard of him. And I think maybe part of that is just like, being in the really, really deep keeper league and like knowing who oh, that guy yeah. is. Um, but yeah, he's obviously sort of fallen out of favor over there. Um, but I don't know. It seems like maybe potentially a worthy reclamation project. Obviously he hasn't done anything at the NHL level. He has one goal and I think 38 games, but I, I don't know. It's not, and he's still pretty young, right? Yeah. He's 22. I want to say, I mean, it's, 
it's not a trade that maybe I expected them to make, but I don't think it's maybe as bad as people are saying. I think it really is just like a nothing trade. Um, yeah, it's it's trading two magic beans for probably a slightly better magic bean. Yeah, it's not. And yeah, a magic I, bean that can help them now because he's a right-handed centerman that is going to replace Curtis Lazar based on the lines today in practice. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's worth giving him some ice time, seeing what he can do. I mean, I think it's, it is, I, I definitely have like a, like a bias in my head where if Jim Benning had made this trade, I would have hated it. Um, yeah. But I think that's only because he wouldn't be able to like explain it. Uh, just like hearing him talk about it would drive me insane. So um, yeah, I really, I don't think it's that big of a deal either way. The yeah. second trade they made, I really liked though. I thought that yeah. was really good. Yeah, I was like that once again made me feel something. I'm like, all right, let's go Canucks. Yeah, they made a smart move. Like I, so they they acquired Ethan Bear, uh, and Lane Peterson, who's like an AHL center, uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes for just a fifth round pick, right? Yeah, who cares? That's that's fine. That that's the type of player you should be. If you're going to be trading picks, I mean, late round picks, whatever. If you're trading picks, that's the type of player to trade a pick for. Uh, I think a player that has shown something in the NHL before and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whether it's, it's COVID or, or who knows what else has sort of fallen, uh, uh, you know, down the depth chart a bit. Uh, I, I think, I think it's worth trying. And also just in terms of like, his, he seems like a very cool guy, a very nice guy to have, uh, in the room and on the team and in Oilers the community fans as well. loved him when he yeah. was in Edmonton. Um, I mean, he was the, playing the, like the, twenty-one the Cree, minutes a night on average. The Cree jersey that he had in Edmonton was so sick. That was dope. Like a black skate jersey version of that would be amazing. Woo! Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what he can bring to the team. I mean, it can't be much worse than what yeah, we've seen. Yeah, I'm excited so. to see another defenseman who can move the puck that isn't Quinn Hughes yes. and to a lesser extent Jack Rathbone. Yeah, and um, I guess Travis Dermott, who I've totally forgotten about, but yeah, who hopefully Christ knows we're going to see him again. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. with Ethan Bear, I was hoping they were going to acquire him in the offseason when there was rumors about him. Uh, I remember reading some rumors that the Canes wanted Hoaglander, which, thank fuck, that wasn't the deal. Um, but I remember thinking to myself in the offseason, like, if they moved, like, a third-round pick for Ethan Bear, I would have been like, eh, it's not great. I guess that's what I've come to expect from the Canucks. Yeah. But the fact that it's, like, a lower draft pick and Carolina retained and we got another centerman for the AHL. Sure. I like yeah, it. Yeah, AHL depth is fine. And yeah, the Carolina retaining was a big surprise. I mean, I, I think we were all, again, if this was a Jim Banning trade, it would have been, it would have been either Hoaglander straight up uh, or it would have been like a second rounder, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this was a good, this was a good deal. This is on, to me, this is on the same level as like the Hammonick deal uh, or to a lesser extent, the third round for Dermot. Um, yeah, I think those are worthwhile gambles to take and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see him play. I assume he's going to be playing on, on Tuesday against New Jersey. So yeah, um, he was, so they practiced today and he I was, saw Kuzmenko gave him a big hug at practice, which was, aww. Uh, I really, was playing I love Kuzmenko. I don't know. What, did you see? Okay. Oh, I guess Stillman's, is he back in the lineup then? I mean, uh, I think he's been taken off of injury reserve. Okay. Uh, it was Hugh Shen, Breezeball, Myers, Rathbone, Burroughs, Stillman, Bear, OEL <laughs> mispractice. Uh, I imagine that's like a like a true mainstay because he's old. Yeah, but God, he has looked. He's looked so fucking bad. Ah, oh, man. 
I mean, I think it's going to, I think they're going to have to bite the bullet in the next year or two and buy him out. Like I, yeah, obviously we knew that was going to happen at some point, but like, man, he has fallen off. Dude, so did you quick. see the thing Cam Sharon posted today about, uh, <laughs> his turnovers as games progress? Yeah, man. It's so in it's, the first period it's this is turnover percentage by period. First period <laughs> OELs at 14%, the rest of the D's at 10%. And then in the second period, he actually got a little bit better and has 11% of defensive zone turnovers, which is the same as the rest of the D. And then in the third period, he's 24% and the rest of the D's at 13. So as the game gets like longer, and especially when he gets into the third period, he gets worse. And he's only getting fucking older and slower. It's, it's really bad. I think we... Uh... Yeah, I mean, we knew obviously there was going to be a buyout at some point, but it really does. Like, I, I think in the back of my mind, I was like, well, best case scenario, maybe he's like serviceable for like three years, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he was okay last year. He was better than people expected for sure. Oh, definitely. Uh, I was, obviously, I was he has happy. He has no offense from the back end anymore at all, which is, Mm -mm. you know, why they brought him in, which is very funny. Um, But now he's just like slowed down so much and it's, it's just brutal to watch. It's such a liability, man. Like Myers looks a lot better than OEL right now. At least (laughs) Myers can sometimes like skate in below the ashes and do something. Yeah. OEL is, uh, man, I I do. I, I mean, I've looked into the buyout stuff. I don't have it off the top of my head, but, uh, it, they're going to obviously have to bite the bullet. If the cap goes up, um, I want to say it was like the biggest penalty in a season was like four and a half million or something. Um, but I think if the cap is going up, you would almost rather pay four and a half million for nothing than pay full price for OEL right now. You know? Yeah, you could you could replace his value with something that's worth three yeah. million dollars, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It does it really seems like that's the direction we're headed here i mean well, it, it could even be to that <laughs> this offseason if he keeps playing like this it could be this offseason i don't know if you saw but uh in 32 thoughts friedman was saying that uh i don't know if it was alvin or it was, it was someone in management basically talked to the players and was like look you guys have had two coaches uh if you keep playing this way the change will not be the coach or just the coach necessarily yeah we're uh, going to start think, moving. Well, I know players. Rutherford went to the dressing room either before or after he was on after hours after okay. they lost to Buffalo. Yeah. So it could have been then. Yeah. Um, and speaking of management, I did. Alvin had a press conference earlier in the week when they were like, zero and seven. He looked cool. He was dressed as Steve, jo- uh, Steve jobs. He had the turtleneck <laughs> and everything. And, and it's a good look. Here's what he said about rebuilding. It's interesting. The rebuild word. I've been part of a rebuild before. I came in late in the previous organization, Pittsburgh, and we were able to rebuild and win three cups. I think that we're building something here every day. We're not done. I think that was something that we wanted to accomplish this summer was changing the culture, raising the bar, having higher standards, and bringing in younger players, character players, and making sure we're always looking at options here. So basically what he says is, I was a part of a rebuild. We won three cups, but we're not going to rebuild. Well, and also... I mean, I don't know all the details of, of what went down in, in Pittsburgh and how they brought new players. I know they, Pittsburgh is notorious for always bringing in like a random AHL guy that you've never heard of. And he, he scores like 40 goals on Crosby's wing. Um, yeah. So there's, the, you know, they were great at finding diamonds in the rough like that. But I don't know if it was, I don't think you would call it like a traditional rebuild. That was uh, like once they already had Crosby, Latang, Malkin, though, right? Oh, this like, was like after they won the cup in 2009. And I guess he's talking about the other yeah. two. Cu- but like... That was 
and also when you when you get Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, like that's not from tanking and rebuilding. It's similar to the Rangers sort of rebuild, where it's like obviously they they did sell a lot of their players and they did uh, go all in on doing like a full rebuild. But at the same time, when Panarin signs there, when Adam Fox is only going to sign there, when you get a first overall pick and a second overall pick that you, maybe you fucked up anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it is, you know, I don't want to necessarily support the narrative of like banning supporters where it's like, well, the Canucks have never been lucky in the draft lottery, which is entirely true, mm-hmm. but they've also never fully devoted to a rebuild. I don't know if, did you hear what John Shannon said this week? I think I sent the video. Yeah, to I, had the, I had the, in my notes for what I wanted to talk about today. Oh, so my God. reading here, I wrote down fucking dipshit, Mark Spector and John Shannon, <laughs> decadent darkness and handling a rebuild. Yeah. Just total, total. Well, yeah, both total morons, uh, both yeah. complete idiots. The, the national media, and I feel like this is pro- this probably goes for most teams, especially most Western Canadian teams, is when an Ontario guy, uh, when like a Toronto sports media guy starts talking about a Western team as if he knows what's happening. It's, it's fucking infuriating. But John Shannon's whole thing uh, was he went on, he went on Vancouver radio and he was asked about, uh, I think he was straight up asked, uh, oh, well, Canucks fans, will they, will they accept a rebuild? Will they be able to handle a rebuild? And he was adamant. He was like yelling. He was like, no, of course not. They've been rebuilding the last five years. Okay. <laughs> no, they haven't. That, that's one of those situations where like I legitimately wanted to, if they had like a call-in thing where you could call in and like talk directly to John Shannon, like, yeah. <laughs> man, I was, I was like ready to go because he, he, he could not be more wrong. Like, and, and I think this is sort of, Maybe not the problem with like jersey tosses and stuff, like the jersey toss against the Buffalo game. But what I almost think someone like Aquilini, he would he would see that jersey toss and be like, "Oh, they're mad that they lost." Yeah, it's it's not that we're mad that they lost. It's mad that we're we're mad at the grand scheme of things and the fact that there seems to be no plan and they've never fully committed to a proper rebuild, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because if if they had committed to a full rebuild. They would have, you know, your Quinn Hughes, your Demko, your Pedersen, your lesser extent Besser. But you'd also have a bunch of guys that were younger and yeah. pushing for spots on the roster. And you can say, yeah. look at all these great prospects we have coming up. You'd have we cap have, space too. And I we mean, have the cap space to like, like sign them and continue. Here's something that fucking Trance brought up this week that I thought was uh, really depressing. Okay, which here we is, go. Uh, even if the Canucks best case scenario, they tank, they win the lottery, they draft Connor Bedard. Yeah. They're not positioned to be able to take advantage of his entry level contract no. because of how bad their defense is and how many Albatross contracts they have that they won't be able to move out and actually like yeah. try and bring in value and compete in those early years. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really quite bad unless the cap goes Which up. Which is where a we're lot. at with, with Hughes and Pedersen, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was something that, like, I remember tweeting about this on my old hockey dipshit account uh, back in like 2016 or 2017, where it was it was like talking about how oh they're gonna have to trade Horvat to actually start the rebuild. Uh, you know, Bo Horvat is gonna <laughs> be our our like Jordan Eberle basically, right? And yeah. essentially, that's what has happened. I will say Horvat's looked quite good this year. Uh, he's scoring yeah, he's a lot. like a forty something goal pace. He's playing really well, but at the same time, in my head, I'm just like, man, I don't. I I he's playing great. 
He's a great leader. He's a great player. But like, do I want them to re-sign him for seven no. years? No, because they did that to Miller. Like, they can't. I, I would have said yes if they'd gotten rid of Miller and he wasn't around for the next seven years, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I do worry that they're going to sign him to just a massive deal. And I I don't Ugh. know. I mean, this this season Ugh. is so it's it's been such a weird, weird season so far. Obviously, they are two, two, five, and two. Um, and they're not dead last anymore. They're three points out of a wild card spot, you know, whatever. Um, but it could still it could still completely spiral out of control. You know, yes, they've won two games in a row. And I will say, going to, like it, look, I, I think our listeners know where we both stand on this team and how it should be managed and what they should yeah. be doing. But when you're at a game in person and they win 5-1 and you've had several pitchers of Sapporo earlier in the night, mm-hmm. it's you're fucking into it. It's really oh, yeah. fun. I was going nuts. It was great. Like, because Manko's celebration, like you said, like it, you're just like pumped up about something. I, and it just felt so nice to see. And I, I do. Uh, did you see the Kuzmenko interview after the game? Yeah, uh, with Pod Colson and Pod Colson's translating for him. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, Pod Colson's so been here cute. for like two years, and he's like his English is incredible. And Kuzmenko, I mean, obviously he's like still learning uh, English and everything, but like that interview was so funny. Yeah, when he when he mimed his head exploding because of how hard English was. Yeah, it's adorable. It's well, great then, to have and, personality on the team, you know. And to that extent, there's absolutely, from what I can tell, no way to square keeping. Kuzmenko, Bear if he works out. Yeah. Pod Colson and Hoaglander while still keeping Bo Horvat on the team, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kuzmenko is not scoring as much as maybe he should be considering the chances he's had, but I think it will yeah. start coming for him. Maybe it's already started, but like he's he's really looked good. Like he's yeah. he's a very, very fun player to watch. He's dynamic. He's a, he's a very smart player. Um, you know, I don't really know enough of, uh, about whether how good he is defensively, uh, how effective he is defensively, but I don't think he's as bad as people thought maybe. And he's, he's got just six a, points in nine games, three goals. Yeah. Three assists. I mean, he's, and he, again, he should have more. He should honestly be like point per game. Um, yeah. given some of the chances he's had, um, but like him and Patterson look great together and it is fun to, to, you know, have a, you have a big, that's your marquee signing in the off season and it's, it's worked out. He's looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking uh, about management and I also want to kind of like get into what does it rebuild for this current team even look like? Yes. Uh, so management's like said all the right things and then their actions haven't really fit with what they've said. <laughs> That's which, right. Yeah. Which like we were talking about this the last couple of shows. It's got to be ownership putting their boot on their throat, right? Because I don't the think only either of them are stupid, right? I, th- I think both those guys are smart. And like everyone they brought in, I feel like, other than maybe Dale Talon, is smart enough to recognize when a team isn't good enough. Uh, yeah. And, and when big moves need to be made uh, and in, every in a certain they're, direction. they're interviewed, they say, yeah, this team isn't good enough. And they were like throwing water on the like... Bruce bump fire, like I even was, when people were hot on the I was, team, right? I was so excited. Every interview with Alvin and, and Rutherford, I was so excited, like last year, because yeah, they kept saying like, look, this is a mirage, basically. This team is not good enough. We need to make some major changes. And then in the off season, they pretty much just doubled down on the roster. Yeah, when they knew they couldn't improve their defense, was which was their biggest problem. Yeah, last I mean, they, year, they right? keep playing, they keep paying lip service to, oh, you know, it's hard to get a defenseman. We're still working on it, which I'm sure they are, and I'm sure it is very hard to acquire 
competent NHL defenseman. And that's why I hope the the Ethan Bear trade is a great bet. And I think it's a, it's the right type of move to make, but um, at the same time, it's just like, there's this disconnect between what they're saying and what they're doing. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not one of those fans who maybe, you know, everyone's like, oh, they, they got to have a plan, you know? And like, obviously they're not going to come straight out and say what the plan is. Dude, I would bust if they did a letter to season ticket holders like the Kings, or not the Kings, the Rangers. The Rangers, did. or when Shanahan came in and said like, this, look, there's going to be a few years of pain here, right? Yeah. The, the Canucks have never once done that. They are over-promising and under-delivering year after year after year. And it's not like we, the, I think what makes it worse is that there are some fans who believe them every single time. Um, Dude, I'm in an emotional. Uh, yeah, I'm in an abusive relationship with him emotionally because, like, I knew that being like the first uh, five-on-five save percentage team in the NHL probably wasn't going to last, right? No, no. But going into the year, I'm like, okay, they're a bubble playoff team. But if Hoaglander continues to like, not Hoaglander, sorry, Park Colson continues to level up on what he did last year, yeah, and Hoaglander bounces back. And Kuzmenko's as good as they say he is. And maybe we can get another good year out of OEL. And Quinn Hughes, like, oh, he got 60-odd points last year. What if he was able to, like, get 70 level up? And Pedersen's over a point per game. And Miller's, like, a point per game as well. Probably not 100 points. Like, they could they could do it. They could surprise and be a 105-point team. And I know they're not going to do anything in playoffs, but it'd be fucking fun. I just wanted it to be fun. That's, that's all it was. I just wanted to have a fun year, you know? And yeah. the and last two I, games have been fun, but... Yeah. And I think I I did the same thing to myself when they got Bear. I'm like, oh, yeah, he can move the puck. And he was playing with Darnell Nurse. And he was moving the puck well in 2019-2020 Oilers. <laughs> I'm like, wait, he's going to go. Oh, that was the other one, Jack Rathbone. Like, maybe he can come in and be really good. He was almost a point per game in the AHL, right? And yeah. this is a bit of a tangent. I don't think he's looked good, man. I don't think he's look good at all. Maybe that's who he's with. Like maybe he needs more nurturing I think in the it's NHL. I think he's in a really tough situation, but at the same time, you got to like throw him in the deep end at some point. I agree. Yeah, he, hasn't, exactly. he hasn't looked amazing. Um, I think he's been okay been in the power play. Once. No, yeah, I, I like, agree with that. Yeah. Sometimes when he's skating the puck, I'm like, oh, he can actually do that, which is nice. But yeah, nothing crazy um, yet, but it's only been a few games. So, you know, give him, give him some time. Hopefully Hughes is back soon. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you where, uh, you know, going into the year, I knew and I knew deep down and not even deep down on surface level. I knew this team was like a coin flip to make the playoffs. And if yeah. they made the playoffs, it would be as like a seventh or eighth seed. Right. Um, but going into it, I was like, look, we're kind of just like stuck now, given the last few years, like they can't really do anything else. I might as well cheer for them to make the playoffs and have some fun and maybe go see a home playoff game in person. You know, that would be that would be nice. That's awfully um, ambitious. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like to what those those dipshits were saying earlier and rebuilding, it doesn't necessarily have to take forever and you completely blow off the doors of everything. Like once again, we've talked about them a lot, but the Rangers, the LA Kings, like they still had Kopitar or they still have Kopitar and Dowdy. Yeah. Um, but they sold Rangers high still a bunch have of other players. Like, yeah. you can keep a lot of these top end players and just get rid of everything else around it. And then, like, yeah, you're going to have like a 27 year old, 28 year old Quinn Hughes or whatever. That's fine to me if there's like other really good players around them and there's like a cupboard full of other prospects and assets that are going to be pushing them and like pushing each other to be a good competitive team, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the cupboards, 
you know, Benning fans would always say, oh, the cupboards are empty when when Gillis left, right? And in this case, it's like literally true. Like, yeah, there's obviously some great pieces on the NHL team, but there's like, they don't have any prospects. Yeah, they don't they, even they have, have like, a Hunter Shinkarik and Nicholas Jensen and whoever else that I was like, well, they were drafted in the first round. They're going to be good one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have LeCaramacki. Uh, they have the Belarusian. Uh, yeah, Klimovic. She was Klimovich. a healthy scratch on the weekend, by the way. Yeah. Part of me's thinking they shouldn't have decided to put him in the AHL as an 18-year-old. Yeah, I don't... I, there's a lot of decisions that I'm, I'm not sure about with this team, but I, I don't know. It's I mean, when, when you look at the last uh, almost decade and the fact that under Jim Benning, the Canucks are operating on like a draft pick deficit, I mean, that's fucking insane. That's crazy. Yeah, well, well you being... know. I, I keep the sixth I keep ha- worst team I, in the NHL in yeah, the last ten years. I I keep hammering this home over and over again. But like, just just get extra picks. Just acquire extra picks. Get as many throws at the dartboard as possible. Right? Like, why would you why would you want less picks? Especially when you're 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 a GM who is known as like a super scout. Why would you want less chances at scouting players and, and bringing in prospects? So here's what I've been thinking about this week. I think John Taffer needs to come in. And sit yes. down with ownership. Yeah. Where he's like, winning is a science. <laughs> <laughs> and he just tears into him and he says like basically the same thing that we're doing, but in his really like yelling way. Um, and you know, shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. You're trading think- away draft is you haven't made the playoffs properly since 2014. Yeah, I think it's time to I think it's time to rebrand. We need to rethink the logo here. You're not owned by Orca <laughs> Bay anymore. You know, let's get a new logo. Let's bring a new logo in. Let's bring in a butt funnel. Let's try it out. You know, <laughs> God, I think there is something to we should we should fucking like write like a, a 20 minute script of of uh, team rescue of John Taffer coming in <laughs> to rescue the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I mean, I would pay a lot of money to see him just yell at Aquilini. Yeah, um, that'd be great. That would be incredible. God damn. Um, another rebuild thing I've been thinking about is what's to say that Pedersen's even going to resign here? What's stopping him from doing a Matthew Kachuk? Oh, he's said that he wants to, he's, he hates losing and he wants to play on a winning team, you know, and he's, right? he's, he's on a bridge contract right now. I w- so, so he looks fucking good this year. He's, yes. he's off to the best start of his career, which is incredible. I said he before the incredible. season, I said 40 goals and yeah, I could see 40 goals. I could see 90 points the way he's playing now. Like he's, that's, that's the other thing that's kind of weird is statistically a lot of Canucks are doing quite well individually, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then you just look at the the sum of the of all the parts, and it's just like, oh, well, something is still broken here. So um, my, it's kind of my pet theory is like Pedersen's the hero we need, but don't have right. What, what was the Batman quote? Whatever the Batman quote is, yes, about needing a hero, where he will force the team to have to go down the right path of actually rebuilding yeah. by not saying he's not going to resign here. And like getting some good value, and that's like what initiates a rebuild. Maybe you could have that to a lesser extent with Horvat as well, but we'll see if they have the uh, the balls to trade him at the deadline or before the deadline. Yeah, if it looks like they're clearly not going to be able to resign him. Speaking of Batman quotes, this is this is the quote that came to mind when. Uh, so we brought up Mark Spector earlier, but he. Uh, he was kind of comparing the Canucks situation to the Oilers' decade of darkness. And a lot of Oilers fans were in the replies being like, oh, yeah, it was, that was so tough. You know, it was so hard. Um, and the Batman quote that I think of is the one from Bane, uh, 
which is uh, you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I mean, that's that's fucking a hundred percent what being a Canucks fan is like. Like seeing your seeing your provincial rival complain about how hard they have it. Well, getting, you know, three first overall picks, then Connor McDavid, having won five Stanley Cups, having Wayne Gretzky. Like, I, I, I've, this is something that I've said. I said this a lot on, on Real Good Show, like, you know, five or six years ago, whatever. But mm-hmm. I would, and this is, this is something that I'd be interested in your opinion on this. Um, and I, I'm our listeners as well, if, if, if you want to let me know. But uh, as, as a Canucks fan, I would take legitimately the next 20 years of them missing the playoffs for them to have won a Stanley cup in like 1984. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just so that, that, you know, there's, there's color photos of this team holding up the Stanley cup. I always say that when flames fans in Calgary complain, I'm like, I don't care if it was before you were born. You, you have no idea what I would sacrifice. Oh my God. Cause it's not about, for me, it's not about, I mean, obviously it would have been great to, uh, to, to see them win a cup is obviously different, but like for me, it's like, okay, well, what about all my friends and family who are older than me who would have seen it, right? Exactly. Uh, and just knowing that fans have seen it, knowing basically what it is, it's knowing that it's possible, right? Yeah. Because right now, I do not think it's possible. I, 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 I legitimately do think, so I'm 33 years old. I think I could live another 60 years and in my head, like if you ask, gun to my head, okay. Gun to my head. Someone holds up a gun to my head. Some like time traveler holds up a gun to my head from the future. And uh, the time traveler is from the future. The gun is not from the future. They yeah. hold a gun to my head and they say, uh, I'm going to shoot you in the head. You have to uh, you have to say right now in the next 60 years, do the Vancouver Canucks win a Stanley Cup or not? I would say no, like no question in my mind. And then he wouldn't shoot me in the head because I'd be right. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the fucking <laughs> attitude I have. That's Oilers fans, fans of teams that have won a Stanley Cup ever. Flyers fans, Islanders fans, even fucking Leafs fans. I'm sorry, even Leafs fans, you you truly will never ever understand what it's like. Uh, it's that's funny. Like I remember like growing up as a Canucks fan when we did like during the West Coast Express era. Everyone's like profile pics and like signatures on the forums would be like Lyndon hugging Kirk McLean after they oh. lost. Or like Kirk McLean like doing the kick save or whatever. And you're like, oh damn. I was like a four-year-old when that happened. But that's yeah. so beautiful. Like that's what we were looking at there then. It was our team after they fucking lost. Yeah, like, dude. Oh, those were the days. If we could only get back there. And I, I think that about 2011 now. Like I was like, oh, the station goal and Burrow slaying the dragon against Chicago. Those I can't, were the days, I can't, baby. I can't watch those highlights. Like that's the that's the other thing is is you'll get fans of other teams that like maybe haven't even made the Stanley Cup finals and they'll be like, well, yeah, well, you made the finals though. Like that's still good. No, it's not. I can't look at. There are no good memories of this team because every good memory, whether it's uh, a week later or later that fucking game or a couple months later, it's every good memory of the Canucks is. Uh, connected to a horrible memory, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the horrible memory always comes at the end and ruins whatever good there was from the from the you know the Burroughs goal, whatever the stanchion goal, that sort of thing. Like I can't look at that stuff because I know how it ends, right? So there's no good memories uh, of of being a Canucks fan because it always always ends in uh, pain and and heartbreak, right? There there yeah. just aren't. It's unfortunate, but that's that's the truth. <sighs> yeah, well, we, 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 we managed to make this a depressing episode. So. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's, here's something I was thinking about this week that could maybe improve team morale. I know they're on a bit of a winning okay. streak now, Yeah. but did you see earlier in the summer, 
when Tommy Lee posted a picture of his dick on Instagram. <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, I've seen his dick before, but not okay, that, well, that picture it, of it. Back in like July or August, he posted on all of his socials, like Instagram, Twitter. Um, I don't know if it was on Facebook, but it was definitely on both Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Of him climbing out of a hot tub, completely naked, with his his, his cock swinging between his legs. Like, he has a, he has coming a out of the hot too. tub. Yeah. And I think he just posted like that crazy emoji with the one eye winking and the tongue coming out. And yes. uh, I think to like boost team morale, one of the real leaders on the team, JT Miller, probably they should just recreate that photo and take some of the heat off of the like coach, the performance of the defense and really shoulder it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I'm just, Or here's the other idea. Yeah. Remember back in the nineties, they used to have this picture up at my local McDonald's. I don't know if it was a McDonald's thing or if it was like just this one franchise, but they'd take photos of the team where they look like old timey train conductors. And like some would be sitting on steel beams and you had like jerk a Lume, like with like an old newsboy cap on and they're all like (laughs) kind of looking cool. That's good. I mean, maybe yeah. there's there, there might be some Halloween pictures coming out this weekend, right? It's yeah. uh, it's Halloween <laughs> tomorrow. So. Blackface. Oh my god, was it Rafi Torres who did that? Yeah, it was Rafi Torres. I think who? it was when Torres was with the Coyotes. But... Yeah, he dressed up as Jay Z. I want to say. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's so bad. <laughs> well, so you brought up an interesting point earlier, which and and it, it just came back to me now, but um, sort of. With like the the picture of Lennon McLean, you know, like uh, the Burroughs goal, like the the Canucks just have, and it's not necessarily their fault, but and or or the fans' fault even, but there's just this culture of loserdom, I would say, if for lack of a better word. Um, oh yeah. And to me, the best example of that, uh, and again, God bless his soul, great man, great coach, but the the Roger Nielsen statue outside oh, yeah. the arena. <laughs> now, if if you're That's a hockey fan one. and maybe you don't know the story. This was in, I believe this was in the 82 playoffs and they were playing the Blackhawks and the Canucks were getting just hosed. They were getting horrible uh, calls against them uh, and it was nothing was going their way. And Roger Nielsen put a towel on the end of his stick and like mock surrendered to the refs, which you know what? Great bit. Very good. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. And that's, and that's, and then the next game, all the fans were swinging the towels. Um, and so that's where the Canucks got the towel power stuff from, which is, you know, it's a cool story and everything. Um, but when it comes down to it, there's, there's two issues with it. Number one, uh, it's him surrendering. And number two, it's, it's him basically spitting in the face of, uh, the NHL and NHL referees and officials. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I think it is cool. It's a kind of a scrappy underdog thing. I totally get that. But there is a statue of that moment outside Rogers Arena of literally of your coach not only surrendering, <laughs> but but like spitting in the face of NHL officials. And you wonder why you have no luck at all. <laughs> it's because you put up a fucking statue dedicated to losing. It's sur- he's surrendering. <laughs> Look, it's a great, it's a great story. He's a great coach. He's a great guy. It's a great moment. But I mean, that really, to me, just sums up the franchise as a whole. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's very, very well put. Um, 
Christ. Uh, yeah, because that's the other profile picture that you'd see all the time is him on the bench with the, the stick up and the yeah. And I don't think I think the surrendering is one aspect of it. I really do think on some level if it's subconscious or not, but I, I mean, I, I the NHL on some level doesn't like that. I, I would they, imagine. Yeah, like you think it'd be like bygones be bygones at this point, but uh, I, I don't think that's enough for them to like rig the draft lottery. Excuse me, against them or anything. It's it's like if uh, oh, what was the name of the. Uh... What was the name of the coach? Oh, yeah. It's it's like if uh, the New Jersey Devils put up a statue of uh, Jim Schoenfeld uh, yelling at the ref, saying, have another donut, you fat pig. <laughs> That's that, just uh, engraved on the bottom of the statue. I mean, that actually would be a really sick statue. <laughs> that would rock, yeah. Um, <laughs> on a completely different note, the other thing I wanted to talk about today was uh, John Garrett fucking rules. Oh, my God. I... I, you posted about it, and you got yeah, some tra- you got some traction. I, I, I got, on, yeah, we got some traction on the show yeah. account for this this John Garrett tweet. So I was watching the game, and he wishes his wife a happy end of no happy birthday. Yeah, and then tells an anecdote about how they were in <laughs> Seattle, uh, yeah. watching the Mariners beat the Blue Jays, and she's a big Blue Jays fan. And then he says his sister in law's in town visiting his wife this weekend. And all three of the, he says their last name, I forget what it was, Stevenson or something, sisters, they're all reunited once again. And this is while an entire shift's going on. Oh, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, especially when a team is uh, bad, uh, you want to have play-by-play guys, color commentators uh, that, you know, maybe they're not necessarily acknowledging the team is bad, but they know when they should be talking about other things, maybe. Uh, yeah, so it got like quite a few replies and quote tweets. People were people were disagreeing with you, which isn't like okay. It's one thing I think for fans of other teams to disagree. Like I totally get that. Yeah, John Garrett they, is like the biggest homer alive. And like, if you're you know. listening, if if they're on like Hockey Night in Canada and like you're from the out of market team that's watching the national game, I for sure, understand I understand that. that. Yeah, but there were Canucks yeah. fans who hated him. Yeah, there's the this replies. one guy who's like stood in center ice in his profile picture with a Canucks jersey on, saying he's absolute garbage. No one else would hear about what you had for lunch, about every player you played with, teaching goalies how to stop the puck, which he clearly had no idea doing. 4.28 GAA. Oh, I was trying to watch the opposing team's broadcast when I get the chance. That's nuts. I want to hear what he did for lunch. That's crazy. And also, like, John Shorthouse is just a pro. He's just great. He's so good at what he does. And the, the chemistry between the two of them is unimpeachable. Like I don't know, I think it was the the Seattle game where the NBA got brought up for some reason, and yeah. I, I think Garrett said something about how he's excited to watch the Lakers. And Shorthouse was just like, "Can you name <laughs> anyone on the Lakers?" <laughs> and then he said LeBron, and I think he said Russell Westbrook. Um, but it's just like a very funny little moment. I mean, you're watching uh, hockey, pro sports is entertainment, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's obviously good if a color commentator or a play-by-play guy, you know, knows the numbers and and can look at the data and the analytics and and talk about that. But at the same time, I, you know, I want to hear John Garrett talk about his food and it and, was you so know, funny what he's that they in ketchup. Had, it's great. They had John Garrett on with Scott Oak doing after hours oh, when Jim was, Rutherford was on. That was so perfect because Scott Oak is just asking Jim Rutherford these like brutally honest questions and just saying, Oh, this is like the worst start in franchise history. Uh, your decor is a total joke. Uh, and then, I mean, it really was like a good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah. But, but John Garrett just reminiscing, oh, those new Westminster Bruins. Was that, wasn't that the best junior <laughs> hockey team of all time? And Jim Rutherford's like, 
I mean, yeah, I guess so. I've got other <laughs> things on my mind, John. <laughs> uh, so he, and dope. he just he just really is like, I mean, he does have like grandpa vibes, right? He's yeah. just like a sweet old man, especially now. Like he honestly does look exactly like Albert Einstein now. Um, and I, th- I think there is something inherently funny about a guy who looks like Einstein just talking about burgers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's he's great. And I mean, he's definitely one of the best things about watching this team for sure. Uh, speaking of John Shorthouse as well, I met him once and uh, he was incredibly friendly. Okay. This was this was years ago. Uh, I was probably like 24 or something. Yeah. And I was at Cowboys, which is a nightclub attached to a casino in Calgary. And like okay. the Canucks were in town. And I guess like Shorthouse went to the casino and then like went into the bar at the casino. because I was just like sat there with my friends. It was still pretty dead in there. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what the fuck is I was getting a beer and I like go over and start talking. I'm like, Shorty, I love your calls, man. He's like, ah, thank you. And we had like a really 10 minute conversation. It was super friendly. And I let him go on with his night. And I go back to the table where my friends are and they're like, oh, my God, was that old gay man hitting on you? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? That's that's, that's John Shorthouse, the voice of Vancouver Canucks. I I approached him. And they're like, oh, man, he's just like seems so like engaged. We were like, wondering if we had to like go in and rescue him. I'm like, no. I think that speaks to like how nice of a guy he is. I and, like, know. And how good he is at like, obviously, if you have a job like that, you have to be good at having conversations, right? Totally. Um, But oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, he's a guy mm-hmm. that I would love to meet. Him and Garrett. Uh, just like going to a bar, like, you know, you do like, you talk about like presidential elections where it's like, man, I'd love to have a beer with that guy. Yeah. Um, but like, really that, that to me is the true test of an NHL commentary team. Would you want to sit down for a beer with those two guys? And, and Shorty and Garrett, I mean, they got to be at the top of the list. I think I, (laughs) it reminds me fucking hell. There's when I was 19, I was in a Tantra bar in Calgary, which was like a hot nightclub. Okay, and great I'm like, name, sh- by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm shaking my little ass on the dance floor. And like an arm's distance away from me, I see Burroughs, Wellwood, and Willie Mitchell walk by. Wow. And then, okay. Yeah. Then the DJ announcer comes on and is like, welcome to the bar, uh, members of the Vancouver Canucks. And there's like 20 women that swarmed them in the VIP section. And I could have like talk to Burroughs on the dance floor as he was like shouldering by me. But I was like, what am I going to say? Like, Hey dude, I look when you shoot the puck. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like in terms of like hockey people that I've met, we had Wellwood on real good show. Yeah. I remember uh, that. Which was nice. great. Super. I mean, he just wanted to talk about like uh, playing Dota and stuff like that. So, <laughs> I mean, he's, he was great. Uh, by the way, also one of those players, this would be a good thing to, to talk about at some point, but players who were like ahead of their time, and would be doing great now. Oh, yeah. Wellwood is like 100% that player for me. Like, if he was in the league now, uh, he, he would be... He, I'm assuming he was an analytics darling back then. Because um, I know he played, like, pre-analytics uh, for, yeah. for most of his career. But I would imagine he'd be putting up incredible, like, Corsi 4 numbers and, and you know, what have you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I remember uh, bumping into Cabby on the street, on the street once. Oh, just like, crazy. Just being like, hey, Cabby, what's up? And giving him a fist bump and, like, continuing to walk along. But, man, meet it, Short, Shorty and, and Garrett, that's like a dream hang session, I think. That would be incredible. Definitely. I was, yeah, I was sad Garrett wasn't there, but. So, he, I okay, mean, he, I, was prob- he was probably back in bed in the yeah, hotel. No, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was way too late. Yeah. 
New Jersey outshot Columbus 53-21 today. Yeah, they I, I saw they won 7-1. Uh they look really they look good. Uh this the, it'll be an interesting game on on Tuesday. Tuesday, um, yeah. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I I it, you know, I haven't watched very many Canucks games the last few years. Um because why would you? But I, mm-hmm. I've watched every game this year so far, and it's it it really is fun. I mean, it's tough for me, right? Because I have the Twitch stream um, yeah. every night from six o'clock to eight o'clock. So if they're playing an East Coast game, I'm missing a bunch of that. If they're playing a West Coast game, same sort of thing. Um, so it, it, you know, I've been watching what I can, but it is. I mean, there's nothing better than watching hockey. It, oh yeah, it's that's so great. great. By the way. Sportsnet now has somehow gotten worse. Oh man! I so trying to watch the Seattle game, I literally had to restart the app. Uh, I'm, I use. Does it, it on, keep giving you that like retry error where it just like stops mid game and yeah, like so that'll uh, happen. The other thing that happens, which I've mentioned before, I think in our first episode, is it'll uh, it'll start at the beginning of the broadcast when I click watch live. But yep. what was happening with the Seattle one was it just it would just go to a black screen and just wouldn't load. And I think it was literally like a dozen times that I had to like turn the Apple TV off and on until it finally worked. And then even then about halfway through watching the game, the sound like desynced and I had to just like (laughs) reset it a couple more times. Like, it's just, how do you fuck up? I'm look, I'm not like a software engineer or whatever, but like there are plenty of uh, like sports live streaming apps that don't have these issues. So how are you? Yeah. Like how NHL are you having these game issues? center? Yeah. And that had its problems too, but it wasn't as bad as this, you know? Yeah. Also the fucking- zone is great too. Fubo right? TV. Fine. They're great. And they, they have no issue. I've never had any issues with them. And the NHL it's, it's a fucking joke. Sports night now. The three ads that you see every commercial break because oh. they have to the fucking oh, yeah. Hyundai ad yeah. about Wah. They can't even get a fucking player's name Wah. And there's a kid saying, It's Mark Shifley. What I I I know he's like a star player in Winnipeg, right? And he, he puts up good numbers. But if you're not in Winnipeg, are you, you recognizing Mark Shifley walking no. down the street? There's no. no shot, right? No, no way. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's rough because I am trying to watch as many games as possible too, right? I mean, I've got I've got the keeper league. Uh, yeah. By the way, I think since we last recorded, I believe uh, this the trade happened. Where did I tell you about my my Linus Allmark trade? No. You want to talk about a good trade tree here? Not not to not to do the whole bit where I'm bragging about my fantasy hockey prowess, but that is mm-hmm. exactly what's going to happen here. Um, I sold Brock Nelson at the trade deadline. First of all, I bought Brock Nelson in the auction for like $1. Okay. Then I sold him at the deadline for Alex Formenton, uh, who I dropped, uh, Linus Allmark, who was just like a throw in and a second round pick. Uh, and then this year, Allmark looks fucking incredible. He's got the starting job for Boston. He's been insane. Yeah. I traded him for a first round pick in 2023. Nice. So, I mean, that's like some one red paperclip shit right there. That to me oh, is like yeah. the equivalent of in like NHL 2002, how the, the trading AI was so bad oh, that God. you could just trade uh, for a guy who was rated one number higher yeah. until you eventually caught Mario Lemieux from like a 50 <laughs> overall player. Oh, boy. Yeah. But, I'm, uh, uh, I'm in a fantasy league with my uh, girlfriend's dad. Oh, I saw her- yours. I saw the score that you oh, posted man. this week. You're do- fucking dominating. I'm dominating. <laughs> But I got in trouble 
uh, earlier this week because I was like, this guy's a fucking bozo loser. I am kicking his ass, like bragging to my girlfriend. She's yeah. like, hey, that's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'm sorry, babe. But you are kicking his ass. I am. I mean, I, I, mean, am. I saw the numbers. Abs- you're, just, you're destroying him. I think you've scored like 30 more goals than him just this week alone. <laughs> like, yeah. that's disgusting. I have, I have 20 goals. He has four. Oh man! Like he's on his thirty shots on like to sixty. He's he looks like a Leafs homer. Okay, so. so he just drafted. I mean, that's the classic thing of when you're in a fantasy hockey league with a bunch of people you don't know, or it's like a work league or something. I generally like I would say like at least a third of the teams will be hockey fans who are just fans of one team and don't pay attention to the rest of the league. So their yeah. strategy is just to draft players from their favorite team, no matter what. Uh, and you'll get people picking like Brock Besser in the first or second round. And it's like, yeah, I okay, mean, I did that in my first in my first ever like hockey pool. I was probably 13 or 14 years old. Yeah. And it was the year that Fedor Fedorov had a really good <laughs> oh, no. preseason. <laughs> and I, I traded Kovalchuk for him. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, and then, of God. course, there was like controversy amongst the league. They're like, what? What is? No. Like, what is this trade? Yeah. You're taking advantage of a child. But then <laughs> it, it came down like, well, he proposed the trade to me. So what am I going to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you continue to do well this year in, in fantasy hockey. You too. Well, uh, I mean, I hope I do. I hope. Oh, I, yeah. You have to do bad so you can get yeah, the dark. I, I would like to lose every game this year. So, I mean. Like I, I keep sending you sort of updates of prospects in the draft this year, but it's yeah. it's fucking insane that Leo Carlson, who's like I think he might be over a point per game, uh, or no, he's he's like zero point eight five points per game uh, in the SHL so far this year, which is substantially more than the second place player all time, Daniel Sedin, and third place Peter Forsberg, <laughs> uh, and he's probably going to go like fourth overall, and like. Mitchkov, who obviously there's issues with his him being in Russia and him having the contract till 2026. Did you see yeah. the stat about Mitchkov? So he's in the uh, no. he's in the he's in the VHL. Yeah, the, which is like the AHL equivalent to the K. Yeah, so it's like it's like men. It's like a men's league. Uh, yeah. And so the the record for uh, goals in a in a draft year uh, for a draft year player uh, in the VHL is 10 in like mm-hmm. 34 games. And that was uh, Ivan Miroshnichenko. Uh, <laughs> Mitchkov has six goals in six games already. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and again, he's probably going to go like third. Like, it, I, I've never seen a draft like this. It's, it's fucking crazy. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Canucks. But in terms of my fantasy hockey prospects, yeah, I'm, I'm ready up. to tank. I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I guess we should wrap up the show. Uh, quite a few people on Twitter have been asking for like more podcasts. Yes. So you, we're talking about how busy you are with streaming stuff, but I think probably sometime next month we'll set up a Patreon for bonus episodes. I think that's the plan. Uh, we can do we, like a couple episodes a month kind of thing. Yeah. I was thinking maybe like a midweek post game. Yeah. Pod recording, good. which could yeah. be all right. Uh, and like probably fit with both our schedules, but we'll like actually work on that and obviously let all you guys know once that is up and ready. Yeah. But, uh, thank you for, for listening, everyone. Uh, please rate us and review us on iTunes if you can. Uh, and um, thank you to puck soup for shouting us out. Yeah, that week. was nice. Thank you guys. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Cause every day is just the same
Of course they keep us all in line Population drop, there was no one left to blame 